Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This time we're going to be talking about char on food. I bring this topic up just because I personally don't understand what all the hype's about, but maybe today we can shine some light on what everyone's doing on the grill and whatnot. I'm not sure. I'm Evan and I'm joined by Anna and Dan. Honestly, I didn't think too, too much about like just char on food or char in general, I guess. I guess really it's only on food when you think of char, but I wouldn't really think about it too, too much before Evan brought this topic to the table when we were kind of planning for this episode. But after Evan brought it up, I just didn't realize how passionately I was against char like well wait before we go further can we define yeah like what's char on food mean do you mean like when things have grill marks on it and people grill things and it's like blackened or you mean like you know if you put a piece of meat in just like a skillet on the stovetop and it gets brown like define char on food i think that's tough to define just because any char for me is not good in my opinion so really any extent is kind of out but I think the char that I think a lot of people think of is probably I think to think of it is just like you know seeing the lines on your burger or whatever you know what I mean so like when you say you're against char on food you mean like you wouldn't eat chicken that was like brown and like crispy on the side like if you put you know some oil in a skillet and you pan sear it like is that I would You're against eat that. it, but it's, like, not preferred. Mm-hmm. And just to, I guess, give a more scientific dictionary definition of what char is, because this will come up a little bit later with some stuff that I want to bring <laughs> up. But um, char on food, or just char in general, means to convert to charcoal or carbon, usually by heat. So in the terms of cooking, you'll see this a lot with grilling when you're cooking with charcoal or things like that. Mm-hmm. You're basically putting that charcoal or char onto the food and cooking it with it mm-hmm. well so, then this sounds like that's so like I'm, a grill not yeah, like i'm not talking when i think about something. char i'm not talking about burnt like if you burn something in the oven that's not what i'm referring yeah to when no I'm no about char. well do you i'm when, thinking of like i'm thinking of like when you're like at a barbecue or something and that burger is way too well done but i think it's not just meat i've also when i was looking this up i saw images of people doing that to veggies and just seeing like a coat of black char on it you know not even about the lines just them kind of doing that to the veggie yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like, like on a grill or oven roasting because you can get grill but it, yeah because you can achieve maybe char is not the right word but you yeah. can get like deep coloring and like browning and caramelization from an oven if the, te- if the temperature's high enough from a, a pan on the stovetop so I mean when I think char I think like the grill you know the smoke and like mm-hmm. the black That's lines yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Like, like that the stereotypical grill i mean yeah. are we is that our char definition for the purpose I, of this i think, episode? They, I think like, maybe a professional chef would disagree and say char is more than mm-hmm. that but for sure the sake of the conversation maybe yeah, at least right now that's the yeah. definition who knows maybe we'll switch to burnt later on mm-hmm. but anyway well, back to Sorry. Well, I was going to, you bring up burnt and I just think like, that's kind of the distinction where I think some people are like, oh, char isn't burnt, you know, but for me personally, when I think char, I think this is burnt, you know, this is not like you've ruined it. You've burnt it. You know, I don't really see char as its own special thing that some chef is doing, you know, I don't enjoy it. Like maybe you're a foodie, 
of the group would disagree. Ooh, but like, I can I can deal with I can deal out. with burnt. I can't deal with char. I don't like, understand what is the difference between burnt I think and of, char. I think so of burnt as like by these words. I think of burnt as like fire alarm. Yeah, it's still it's still overcooked, but you can still kind of taste what the food is. I think of char as this just tastes like burnt. I could not distinguish well, what I'm saying. Wait, what? You have it flipped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Burnt, but not like charred. I think when I think char, I think you know, like you put a marshmallow mm-hmm. directly into the fire and it gets brown and like uh, like powdery. And if you touch it, it like crumbles. Uh-huh. That's what oh, I right. think char is. And is then that burnt is just it's dust, like, right? Like I, I guess the next level. But yeah. also, I'm just thinking can of like burnt, even if they're not like something can be burnt even if it's not black and like hard and solid sure. you know okay yeah because i think i was more thinking from like an oven perspective where it's like sure like you're roasting potatoes or something and they go a little too long they're still burnt but they're not inedible i guess and not that char is inedible but like i don't know this definition yeah. is a little all over the place i guess i guess just to kind of get back to it then is I guess maybe you want to share your personal opinion where I just feel like whenever I'm eating charred food, I just, I don't taste the food. I feel like I just taste burnt, you know? And maybe that's, maybe I've had a bad char and not someone doing it professionally, but that's what I feel like I just don't get what all the hype's about. I'd have to agree. I feel like it could just be the food that I've eaten too. But whenever I've ordered something like, a charbroiled like salmon or like a charbroiled like steak i don't know is that really kind of... that common of a menu item i've seen that maybe like once or twice but i, I don't more popular see... i've yeah. i've never really seen that on a menu i don't know what charbroiled means well i don't know what they're doing but i know that the taste in my mouth is not good <laughs> i don't know again like i'm still a little confused with where we're drawing the line between like burnt charred and like brown and crisp i think but so then anyway, what's your, yeah what's your kind of general thought yeah then? that's what i'm getting at i mean i don't mind things having some color on them or even on the grill you know when you see like grill marks on like a hot dog or chicken or whatever it may be i mean Obviously, I don't want it like scorched and burnt, but I personally don't mind a little bit of that quote unquote char (laughs) because I do think it adds flavor. And what flavor, though? What flavor does it add for you? Mm -hmm. Well, I think specifically speaking on a grill, you do get a little bit of like smokiness from a grill just because it's on an open flame. I mean, it's like subtle, and I guess it depends on what you're cooking and how it's prepared and what types of ingredients it's with but also in terms of again specifically a grill I mean a lot of times before things get charred they'll get more like brown and especially if you're not cooking directly on the grill grates like that's where I think you get those deep like black lines across a burger patty or something but they if you're not cooking directly on the grill grates then I think the result is more just like, yeah, it's like brown and browning is flavor type of thing and like caramelization. I think and, I'm okay with the browning. I relate the browning to more of what I define as like, not like a burnt type thing. And I'm okay with a burnt. For me, it's when it's the black that I'm not as into. And maybe that's just my personal taste. But you mentioned like 
smoked things and like the smoky mm-hmm. flavor. I yes. think that as a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. I hate smoked foods and that flavor as a whole. I was also going to bring that up because I feel like that's the same thing of what what is smoked flavor? I feel like it's similar to char. Like, is that not just you're eating burnt? You know what I mean? Like, what flavor is that? What are you getting at? Why? Who would want that? I mean, I don't necessarily know how to describe it. Like, I don't think it's like, oh yeah, this tastes like smoke. I mean, I think it if you were doing a barbecue or whatever I think it, it's just something that kind of like it's like a subtle thing that kind of adds to it and I know like I mean I don't I've never personally like, I don't know a smoker or anything like that but I know people will buy different types of woods to like get certain flavors <laughs> like people are really into it and it, it does get a little easy with um getting specific types of woods for like this will pair nicely with this sauce and this and that I mean I don't have that much knowledge about that but I think a little like grilling and like smoking is a whole nother like endeavor that's like a whole separate category of like cooking that's like that's just its own form I guess well maybe this is too side topic but I when I think those I also think kind of like spicy food where it's like I guess I just feel like you're really done like these are overpowering flavors you know and like I'm losing the taste of whatever I'm eating when there's all this spice or all this char or all this smoke you know like I just feel like I that's not really flavor mm -hmm. we're adding we're just adding this this overpowering thing I think spice is maybe a little bit different just because spice affects people differently but I don't think I've seen any evidence of char or smoked really people tasting it differently but with spice like based on your like I want to say it's caspasin like based on that level of protein um that kind of affects how well you can tolerate spice and how well you can distinguish spice from the other flavors so some for some people having spice in foods might like make it a cohesive meal while for other people it might make it just so the spice is overpowered but for smoke and char I don't think that's the case I mean I think it honestly all kind of just comes down to personal preference and I don't want to offend anybody but I would probably I think that like people who maybe do have a more of like a trained and refined palate probably are the people who appreciate like charred food again whatever we want to whatever we're classifying as charred food and maybe things like smokiness and other sort of maybe more like subtle complex flavors and someone who's maybe like more basic in their food I mean I'm not saying I'm like the biggest foodie in the world or like (laughs) I mean I'm actually a pretty picky eater but I mean I think because I know my mom like really doesn't mm-hmm. like stuff that brown like she'll be like oh yeah that's good and I'm like what it barely has <laughs> yeah. any color on it mm-hmm. I mean even more recently even things like like bread if I make grilled cheese or just like a sandwich and I toast the bread I I do eat it a little darker than I would have maybe when I was a few years younger mm-hmm. and I think just going back to our definition that's okay for me when it's like a browning a burnt type thing if you will I just think when I think of char I just think specifically those grill marks and cooking with charcoal or wood that's when it kind of gets me 
I don't think you can have a gas and still get char, I think. Yeah, I just grilling in general, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when I was Googling, I was definitely seeing a lot of the word umami come up. And that just kind of threw me to where it's like, like, I'm not a food science guy, but like, uh, what do you mean umami? <laughs> like, well, what umami is like a flavor. I mean, I think they say you you taste like four or five different flavors and it's like, sour sweet like salty yeah, uh-huh. bitter and then umami i don't know if that's it's something right. along those lines yeah, i may I, have I gotten so. those wrong but i think it's just like a flavor and i think umami is like associated with maybe like I think, the opposite um, of sweet right well, I, know, I don't know sour. i i know I, I, oh, that true. umami flavors are very like prevalent in like japanese and asian cuisines mm-hmm. the example that i was given in my introductory food science oh class <laughs> you took an introductory food yeah, science class i forgot yes i thought you really nutrition 101 yeah. oh, that's the class yeah. um but they i think described... that's a stretch but okay <laughs> I, yes it was an introductory class that i did skip i'd say a good half of the lectures i got an eight in the class anyway they described you just had to slip that in there <laughs> well even though i didn't show up to class i still have some credibility um but their example of umami was like a hamburger where it's like meaty. So yeah. without mm-hmm. applying other flavors like salt to the meat or anything that would make it bitter, sweet, sour, anything like that, just the meat itself would be umami. And I think like Anna was saying with the Japanese cuisine, that's like things like uni or like uh, tabayaki, things like or that. Or even like soy sauce, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people say yeah. is a really like mm-hmm. umami type flavor. And I think umami is just like very savory. I guess Savory's I guess good. I understand what umami is. I guess I just I kind of feel like I disagree with that char or burntness is associated with umami. Like, well, I why think, are we even putting that on the food food spectrum? Who wants char and burnt? That's well, just not I'm even not a flavor. Advocating, I'm not advocating for specifically smoked foods. I guess, but I will say that when I have a smoked food i do feel a more meatier taste of whatever meat Mm. that is i guess well i want to like throw out a question would you rather eat i mean at least for evan (laughs) i mean i know you like chicken a lot would you rather eat a chicken breast or whatever that Uh was boiled in a pot of water or cooked in a pan <laughs> like both will get you right they'll both cook it and i don't it think edible. anna knows enough about me but i have literally boiled chicken in pans like, for decades literally how my family and i have yeah. always made chicken <laughs> wait 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 pause you, you drop chicken yeah. in water and you boil it like that okay we don't it's not in a pot it's like the pan you fill it up a centimeter or whatever you with know just water, a little bit of water correct, yeah and then you water yeah yeah and then you just put the chicken in you and he gave me dinner and he boiled chicken <laughs> and it doesn't have to be frosted you can just put freezer chicken in it and it's cooked it's so easy but it's like I mean, you can still do that and then add like seasoning to it afterward if you have a problem with how bland it is. It's just so much easier. And I feel like when I cook in a pan with oil, it's just so messy. And it's like flavor wise, like, I mean, I don't think I personally really care. I think this is a bad example because Evan's not the biggest flavor person. Like when I eat the boiled chicken, I still taste chicken. It's not like, and when I, I feel like when you do the pan thing, what you taste is more 
I don't want to say charred, but like you taste the browned chicken. You know what I mean? Like it's different. I don't feel like it's better chicken. It's just literally a different flavor. And I'm not sure I like. Well, I asked that because like, like I had kind of said, both will get you, you know, it'll reach whatever internal temperature the bacteria will be killed and it'll be safe <laughs> to eat. So like both avenues get you to the same end point. But I guess my point was that at least in my opinion, I think just boiling it and by having that water in there, you're essentially like steaming the chicken. So it's pretty much impossible for there to be any color. I mean, when you make it, does it just look like, is it just white? And yeah, like, totally. Like, <laughs> it's just like ghost white. <laughs> that's a good because... example of umami, just the chicken. But I feel like that's not even umami because it's like, I wouldn't think that's savory. I would think that's bland. I feel like umami is almost kind of like, rich and like well i feel like what does it for me i don't with know the boiled chicken is also like it's juicy boiled you know chicken. i'm not i'm not drying it out in any way i feel like that's where i feel like sometimes it goes wrong with other things well i will say with chicken breast in particular um boiling it might be might make it the moistest just because like there's all that water in it and it's steaming and I will admit that if you sear it in a pan or grill it or something like that, it can get dry really quickly just because chicken breast has so little fat. There's really a small margin for error. Like even cooking it for 30 more seconds can make it dry. So it definitely is really unforgiving compared to something like maybe like a chicken thigh or something like that. So maybe, I mean, do you not like the color, the the color because well I don't know it kind of seems like a lot of factors it seems like you like the convenience of this <laughs> yeah, totally. and I realize that not everyone eats for taste I mean some people do eat for more like convenience yeah, I mean my mom's yeah. like that she's like well this is easy yeah. you know I don't really care it's easy cleanup it doesn't take that long I'll eat it I don't care totally. but I know I could never do that I mean I'd rather take a lot of time and make a bigger mess to have a better end result because I like to sear stuff in a pan because I really like getting the deep coloring and like crisp skin even though like you probably boneless skinless chicken breasts i still like getting that color yeah the bones are actually good because especially for chicken breasts it'll insulate it a little bit so it's harder to overcook so you just cut off the bone harder to eat afterwards (laughs) you just cut around the bone (laughs) Uh, easier said than done (laughs) yeah again i feel like come older age when I'm like on my nine to five I'm not gonna want to do all that like yeah I'm gonna keep boiling my chicken you know it's just so easy after a long day or if you really want boiled chicken you should do sous vide I don't know what that is it's like (laughs) you get like a vat of water basically and there's this pump type thing that clips onto it and it will regulate the temperature of the water and you put chicken or whatever you want to cook in a vacuum sealed bag and you drop it in there and it'll cook for like an hour or two or whatever and it'll regulate the no, temperature of the water i don't want to cook anything for that no long. no no like but all those but what you crock do things that recipes that take all day like no thank you i'm good well what you can do is you sous vide it like a bunch on the weekend and then it's ready for you oh, like it's sure. already cooked and then you just throw it in a pan with some oil and then mm-hmm. it'll crisp it up it'll take a couple minutes to sear but I don't know. I, I do understand that the oil splatter is annoying. 
I think my biggest explanation for this anti-char is I think you just haven't had a good good experience. Well, I want to say before we get into maybe having a good experience with char, (laughs) I think that we should be avoiding char at all costs. Uh The carcinogens. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get into a little bit of why char could literally kill you. Well, that was my question because I feel like I've heard echoed that char in the context of grilling something over an open flame where you kind of get those like deep black um like i don't want to call it like powdery but you know it kind of like uh-huh. like yeah. specks get everywhere i've never i've even heard like of that side of it so i'm definitely interested to hear like what are i you just know my about? aunt's been like we can't grill that we get carcinogens <laughs> honestly like i would have called your aunt crazy 48 hours ago but after doing some research like this is kind of crazy so just some background i guess so when you char something, when you cook something, typically with charcoal or just gas in general, um, you're kind of transferring carbon products onto the food. Um, these can be in the forms of, or the literature says, this can be in the forms of something called 3,4-benzopyrene, heterocyclic aromatic amines, or polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Basically, that's a lot of science words. And basically, the benzenes are just this compound that's bad for you. They're cancer-causing agents, things like that. Um, like we've talked about, these are found in like smoked and grilled products. And it's really just, you're putting these carbon products onto your food. Um, so just generally some long-term health effects of having these kind of carbon products include cataracts, kidney and liver damage, jaundice. And then on top of that, cancer. So cancer is obviously not good. It's been proven, like this isn't just a theory, it's been proven in animal models that- Okay, before you continue, let me ask, like, you're not talking about smoke, you're talking about specifically char on food? Well, it could also, this also applies to inhaling smoke from fires or inhaling smoke from a grill. So it's really just all of those byproducts of the cooking kind of type thing. And are you sure that's what's on the food though? Like, you know in, what I mean? In the literature that I've consulted, it looks like the transfer is fairly simple. And when you see kind of those grill marks, a lot of the times it could just be excess, I guess, like burnt the from previous on the food, food is leftovers from the grilling. It's not just the chicken. I mean, I guess chicken, like I guess food burning literally is yeah, things. Yeah, I, I don't know the food science aspect as well, but I'd say it might be a combination of both, but it definitely does include the char. So anyway, though, these carbon products, they're carcinogenic, which basically means they're cancer causing. Um, it's been proven to induce tumors in animals and in humans. It's been found to increase your risk for colon, prostate and mammary cancer. Well, so, did it yeah. say in this literature, like... So eating one grilled hamburger, you're going to get cancer? Mm -hmm. Or is it like you're eating this every single day? Because I doubt people Mm -hmm. are are like grilling every single meal. Uh They've said that a lot of it has to do with the quantity of how much you eat, the duration of how much you're exposed to it. And that's more in the case of like just inhaling smoke. And then also your body itself. Some people's immune systems are better. Some people aren't. Um, So if like you're immunocompromised, it might be a little bit more effective towards you. But like, it's kind of just a 
smoking. There's no set number of like, you smoke this many cigarettes, you're going to get lung cancer, but it is a risk factor for increasing. That's kind of repetitive, but it's a risk. It increases your risk factor of getting cancer, kind of like being in the sun with skin cancer, things like that. This might be a stupid question, but I guess my question is then like, is there a way to do char in a healthy way? Is that I'm stupid? so like, glad you <laughs> asked that. I'm thinking like if you put it in a pan with some oil and you're cooking that, like that's not what you were saying about charcoal and everything, but that's still burning. That's I still think that's leftovers. my art reaction. I'm not really sure that's... about that as much, but so, uh, interesting thing that I did find was that if you use beer marinade, specifically oh a type of black beer from like Germany or something that they used, it reduces your chance what? of getting these cancer-causing agents by 90%. Okay, so you're saying, no, there's not a way to do char correctly then. I mean, just beer batter your things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, I'm a little confused. I think, again, I think this was more in the context of grilling right when something's like, exposed to an open yeah. flame like yeah, not, exactly. not like i not, have a pan not on, on the stove, stove top. yeah okay. but on a grill yeah not that more grill stuff right now because i think for me personally when i think of char i think of grilling i don't think of cooking that's in what the kitchen. i think too i would agree but you know for the sake of giving people options you know if there's another way to do char then you know i guess explore it well that's kind of what i was getting into it Maillard reaction. I mean, I don't didn't come prepared with all these chemical <laughs> compoundings and the backstory and the literature. But you know how I asked Evan earlier, you know, the boiled chicken versus yes in a pan. Mm-hmm. The Maillard reaction is basically the chemical stuff that happens to make that chicken go from ghost white to being like brown and crispy and it. it puts color on the chicken so that's what the modern reaction is and that's why seared or like roasted foods taste or I guess most people would probably agree that foods with some color and brownie and caramelization taste better than like a a pale white chicken that's been boiled yeah I just looked up the Meyer reaction and I think I'd agree with you that that does add to taste. I think the reactions that I'm kind of talking about, I don't know the specific name for mine, but that transfer of carbon compounds to the food, that's kind of a step past the Maillard reaction. It's or past a browning or just to a black, if that makes sense. So then char on food is kind of more synonymous with burnt. Yeah. Right? Is that what you're yes. saying? I'd relate it to burnt in the specific context of maybe grilling, at least for what I'm talking about. So like not burnt in an oven, I guess, but like burnt on a grill exposed to an open flame. I guess I understand what you're saying about in terms of the health of it all, but I guess I'm still stuck on why people would enjoy it just because I feel like the reasons you were talking about earlier is that like, oh, it's personal preference and taste, but it's like, just because you were taught a certain taste and taught to like, like a certain thing that doesn't make it right. You know what I mean? Like, that well, that's sense, probably like, why you don't like it because if you grew so, up, oh, so you're eating saying I'm in the wrong. No, I'm not saying anyone's in the wrong, but well, I'm saying people that <laughs> like char are in the wrong. <laughs> I think you're otherwise. just very used to your boiled chicken. So I if just, you grew up eating that, that's probably just, how you've grown to like it. So eating it in a different preparation is is probably not 
going to be what you prefer because that's not what you're used to. I just, it's not even a preference. It just seems, it just boggles me that you would prefer food that's burnt. That doesn't seem like the flavor. Well, I also think most people don't like, like, I I think there's different levels of char. You can have a light char. I mean, I I think you're thinking everyone who grills likes their food black (laughs) and burnt to a crisp, which I think, again, is the minority of people. I think we're like, I think you guys are at opposite ends of the spectrum and you're thinking each other is the extreme. (laughs) I don't I don't know because like I mean you've never had a grilled chicken and it's got some light grill marks. No, I mean not black, just like a light yes you Mm -hmm. do. Yes when it's even got a little bit. I remember a couple, you know, for a couple of summers they were into their whole grilled chicken salad phase for dinner and I hated the chicken on the grill. Grilled chicken salad. Well, I also want to ask, did you hate it because of the flavor or was it maybe because the chicken was overcooked or it was dry or the texture? You know what? I don't want to claim that my parents are expert chefs or anything, but I feel like I don't know how you could have improved that. You know, it just, when I would eat it, I just taste... I just taste burnt. You know what? I just don't know how to describe it. But maybe Anna's right. Maybe I need to get off my pedestal and just be like, you know, everyone do their thing. But I, I think it's still bothering Maybe me. don't do it for the taste. Do it because you don't want cancer. I think you're certainly oh. entitled to your opinion. And I'm not trying to sway <laughs> you one way or the other. Anna is pro-char. <laughs> Anna's in the pocket of big yeah. char. <laughs> And it's just trying to get some cooking internship or something, and she's gotta seem all cool and with it. I just like how it tastes. And again, char and <laughs> like a little bit of color, not I'm eating blackened grilled food all the time. Real quick, what is is what is blackened food? Because I feel like I'll also say just blackened. Is that just really intense char? Oh, I don't know. I've seen like blackened thing? fish tacos a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, what does blackened mean? I don't know. No idea. I don't. I mean, Maybe we it's can just look a it up. Saying char, you know, for the hip restaurants or something. <laughs> okay, I got an answer for what blackened is. So it appears that blackened does not refer to char, at least how we're describing it. Um, blackening from Google is the cooking technique used in the preparation of fish and other foods. The food is dipped in melted butter and then sprinkled with a mixture of herbs and spices, usually some combination of thyme, oregano, chili pepper, peppercorn, salt, garlic powder, and onion powder. Oh, so, so it seems specific. like it's not, it seems like yeah. you're not necessarily burning the food or putting char on the food. It's just the butter's kind of, I don't want to say burning, but burning, if yeah. that makes sense. Uh-huh. Anna, yeah. you would know this better than I am. Do. Do you think um, that's accurate? Well, I don't think butter burning would make it. I mean, do they actually look black, or is that just because there's a lot of seasoning on it? So, like a white piece of fish with all that seasoning, it could be is that. not going to look white after that. In all the pictures, though, they're also doing it in a pan too, so it's not like it's over an open flame or anything like that. So it could just be all the seasonings or things like that. I think seems like a combination of factors. Yes. Because I'm just thinking when I've had blackened food before, I remember not being like, I don't want to say dry, but like dry. I've never had it. So I really can't say. Oh, well, that just came to my mind. when we. But were... I'm 
anti-dry yeah. food. <laughs> that's a, I think Does that's something we can all get behind. Yeah, I was going to say, is anyone into dry food? I would hope not. My mom is. I don't know if she's into it, but oh, it's really? like, this is so dry. Like, she'll let stuff go in the oven forever. Well, maybe so she is- doesn't like ground, but she also likes dry. I don't think she likes it. She, I think she just genuinely like doesn't know the difference. I don't really understand the other side of the spectrum. I don't understand like medium rare or rare. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand. Like, is rare still cooked? Like, technically, or is rare like raw? And it's just we're covering the truth by saying rare. Well, and not I raw. think I'm pretty sure it's like. Rare means it's not fully cooked, but it, it's like a spectrum. It's not a, this or that. Yes, it's like it's you go from raw cooked, to but fully is cooked. Is it cooked at all? Like the inside yeah, is think red. Is it rare, I think everything, consumption? Is the bacteria killed? Yeah, everything that they serve you, I believe, from like the rare to the But don't well they put on the spectrum. menu the little symbols? It's like uncooked food is... Well, you know, I think they just have to say stuff mm-hmm. like consuming undercooked or raw meat can lead to health effects or whatever they're probably just like they say that to cover their own butts but i think the idea with eating rare or medium rare i mean this really is only the case with steaks i mean you can't do it with chicken yeah because of salmonella and other cuts Mm -hmm. of meat i think the thing with beef is that it's like in a steak form you cook it to like 125 degrees fahrenheit which i think is medium rare enough of the bacteria has been killed at that point where your threat level is probably decently small. And the reason why, because when you cook steaks, I mean, you do sear it on the outside. So the outside's really nice and brown and charred. If you, if I dare say so. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Cause people do grill yeah, for steaks sure. on the, yeah. on the grill mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But I think the reason the, the appeal of like the rare and the medium rare is that at that point the meat is so much more soft and tender that it is less chewing and it's more of a pleasant mouthfeel and texture mm. i think that's what it's more about not necessarily flavor or mm. taste or something like that i think we all said a lot of different things but i guess at the end of the day it's your own opinion i guess but just as dan said remember these health effects i guess you do you but anyway we can get into our own personal little issues now there are many topics that i kind of wanted to bring up for this week but i've had a food topic and i thought what better time to share it than on this more food centered episode um and the topic that i was kind of confused on is I was watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and in, like, all of the recipes and all the things that were, like, overnight kind of things, they would always put bay leaves in, and I was just confused because I was under the impression that bay leaves were poisonous, right, and it's, like, you're putting the bay leaves in, and I understand that maybe, like, when you take the meat out or whatever of the concoction, the bay leaves aren't on the meat anymore, but it's, like, why are we even adding the bay leaves anyway then? You know, what flavor are these three leaves adding? You know? 
Well, yeah, I mean, people definitely do add it. It's really common for like soups and stews and stuff. Maybe not so much meat, like maybe on occasion, but you know, I wouldn't. Okay, I looked up the answer, but tell me like what you think, like, are they poisonous? What What did you know? Well, I don't think, I don't think they're poisonous. Okay. Like, I don't think you're going to die if you ate one, but I do know that when people cook with bay leaves, they do take it out before serving it mm-hmm. because you're not supposed to eat them. But again, I don't think, you're going to die if you eat it or by putting in a bay leaf, you're not going to poison your soup or something like that. I think it's just that that was part of my confusion. And that's why I brought the issue up. Cause then I Googled like, are they poisonous? Cause I was definitely confused and I guess they're not poisonous. They're maybe toxic for like other animals, I guess, but for us, they're fine. But like, I think it was talking about how like, it's more of a feel thing where they have like a weird leathery feel, I guess, or something. And it's just not something that you want to have in your mouth. And I'm just still confused, like, you know, the point of this segment is just to complain. And I guess my complaining is just, what are these three leaves adding to the flavor of it all? Like, I don't know, get over it, move on, take them out. Well, they do take them out at the end. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I meant beforehand, don't put them in at all. What are these having also, doing? Having also watched Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, though, I feel like in every single marinade, they're like, and of course we yes. have the bay leaves in. And it's yes. like... I really never heard of them putting bay leaves in a marinade for meat. I mean, like I said, I see it in well, soups and stuff like that a lot, yeah. but I don't really see it in these marinades for these... They definitely had it in, like, meat. these barbecue places. I was going to say, it's and, like, definitely... Like that. Maybe they're marinating the meat and not, like, a dry rub, Anna. It's you know, a wet kind of rub or something, maybe soaking it, but the bay leaves were there. They were there. The <laughs> bay were leaves were there. Well, <laughs> I feel like this. I've seen recipes where they put some spices and stuff and they'll put bay leaves in like a food processor and mm-hmm. grind it up really small and like use that as their rub. I feel like I've <laughs> seen stuff like that before. Well, I guess that's my issue. My hot take is bay leaves, forget them. Let's leave them behind. Let's move on all together. Evan's anti-char and anti-bay leaves. <laughs> Evan just flavor. Evan's, yeah, anti-flavor. He does not want to go to flavor town. Guy, and he watches Diners, Drive-Ins, and dies. Yeah, so much. <laughs> I don't know why you were watching that as like an anti-flavor. It was person. on for 48 hours. It was non-stop. Yeah, on Food Network, they do weekend marathons. Yeah, but there's other channels. I'm sure you get other channels. So you actively chose to watch that. Okay, on to my little issue. If we're if if we're satisfied with the bay leaf thing. We are, we are. This is kind of another cooking related Oof. issue. <laughs> we're and... tearing the cooking community down. <laughs> This is honestly something I feel very passionate about, and it's probably a little niche, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been looking for some loaf pans because I don't have any, and there are some recipes that use them that I want to make. So I have looked up online, what is the standard size loaf pan? Because I have a cookbook and Oftentimes it says a standard size loaf pan. So I looked it up and the standard size is eight and a half inches by four and a half inches by two and a half inches. And then even in the description, it says, you know, this is the standard size. And if stores carry a loaf pan, this is the size they are likely going to have. But I've looked at like every single store I've been to (laughs) over the past month and nobody sells that 
size pan in store. I mean, nine by five is like the most common thing I've seen, which again, it's like, it's, I mean, you would think, you know, nine by five versus eight and a half by four and a half, you wouldn't think it's that much of a difference, but it honestly is. I think it equates to like almost a 15% difference in like capacity or amount of batter that it can hold. And if you don't have the right size pan, it just like messes you up because then it, you know, is raw in the middle or it over bakes Uh because the recipe is developed for a certain size pan and they use that time for that. I mean, Uh you probably could get away with using a different size pan if you were a little more savvy than I am and you know how that stuff works. But I was just so frustrated because they didn't have the standard size and they have all these crazy sizes that are like, what even are these measurements? It's like, this is so weird. Who would ever call for like an 8.9 by 4.25? That's just so crazy, like the numbers. Well, to be honest, when you said eight and a half by four, I definitely thought like, whoa, that's- Four and a half. Four and a half. I just thought like, that's so small. Is that like, that that just seems so small to me. Like, I'm surprised it's not bigger, but- I mean, I do understand your frustration of not being able to buy something that you want. And I just Mm -hmm. do want to conclude with, I bought them on Amazon and I did find them, but I was just very shocked with how difficult they were. And I'm talking like- how old is this recipe? True. This cookbook literally just came out this year or Mm. last year. I mean, it's not some old cookbook. And again, it said it was the standard size. So why are we standardizing things if there's they're nowhere to be found? Yeah. Maybe this cookbook is aligned with the makers of this niche pan. (laughs) Yeah. They just want you to buy this. (laughs) I don't know. It was a Claire Sappitz cookbook. And she went to pastry school and everything. that's it i'm done because i can't waste any more energy on this Mm -hmm. it seems like you've already stressed yourself out about it but i'm glad that it all worked out with the amazon purchases i guess to just close out our food centric episode my thing has to do not with food but beverages so I guess just some backstory. I went on a little vacation with some friends this past weekend and being of drinking age, I thought a couple of times, hmm, maybe I'll get a cocktail or something like that. Why are cocktails all so expensive? Sometimes you can get like two appetizers or even a meal for the price of one cocktail. And my kind of complaint or just question, if anyone actually knows, is is alcohol actually that expensive to make? Because some of the restaurants also had mocktails and the prices were slashed by over 50% most of the time when the alcohol was excluded. So like, is alcohol really that expensive to make? Like, and why does it have such like a hold on people? That's a great question. I think, I think there's definitely the perception that alcohol is expensive, but I do question the same thing as you, where it's like, is it, is it a markup of you? Like, is I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, high? everything out of a restaurant is a markup. And I feel like I've seen things that say beverages, are one of the most sure, marked up yeah. things. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I don't know like what brand they're buying. I mean, they're probably not buying top shelf sure. liqueurs yeah. and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the reason why those types of drinks are more expensive is because like a, a spirit or like a bottle of vodka is probably more expensive than a bottle of wine. And also mm-hmm. they probably mark it up because a bartender has to make a cocktail and like put things together Mm -hmm. it's probably more labor intensive than just 
like going up to the tap and pouring out a beer or opening up a bottle of wine. Is my my understanding of alcohol correct where this isn't an overnight thing, right? Like don't alcohol sit for like years or more? Like isn't aging a thing? So is that part of the cost of it all? For wines and maybe some beers it is. I don't know if for like liquor though if oh. it is Anna, if you <laughs> i don't really know how liquors are made but yeah, yeah i mean wine typically does or i think even no actually i think some liquors do sit for a long time because you know how yeah. movies are like yeah i've had uh-huh. this bottle yes, of scotch exactly. for a hundred yeah. years or uh-huh. whatever and i don't like, know i'm not like an alcohol the fermentation expert. process it would probably take a little bit of time i don't really so know I'm just so thinking maybe... it's not necessarily like a labor thing it's probably just like but like no, cheese to... isn't expensive all or I guess not all cheese is expensive, but you can have some aged cheeses for a lot cheaper than alcohol. I um aged cheese is actually really expensive. And you probably get more alcohol in a yeah. serving than you would for hmm. aged that cheese. That was my understanding. I've never heard okay. of cheap aged cheese. I guess I'm not on this aged cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just kind of it was just kind of a bummer because it's like I could get just a Mike's hard. It would probably taste the exact same as this like special mixed lemonade that you're serving, but it'll be like 10 times cheaper. And that was just kind of on my mind and frustrating me. A little. Definitely I think- would agree that it's really crazy. Like I'm not going to pay $13 for a spiked lemonade. Sure. Well, I think mm-hmm. even just to speak with your issue, uh, I think we've all probably hated that restaurants are so expensive in general, right? Like it's just a markup in general. So I think we all feel your pain. Yeah, I'd agree. Huh. Things are expensive in life. <laughs> yes, very true. Maybe that's motivation to spend some more time in the kitchen and hone your skills <laughs> so you can make it yourself. Stop boiling your chicken and learn how to cook it properly. I like really want to do a blind taste test with Evan. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I can taste the difference I'll know what you're serving me I know but I wonder if part of it's a mental block type thing like you already have this preconceived notion that charred or browned or whatever you want to call it food is inherently worse so you have this bias so by seeing what it looks like you're automatically kind of telling yourself that you're not gonna like it maybe maybe you're right in that I'm just because I've like, definitely aside, done aside that from, like Go ahead. Just like with foods in general, I think, uh, like, you know, like broccoli is kind of green and it looks weird. Like, I- I'm not going to like that. <laughs> what? That was green and it looks weird. Do you actively <laughs> like feel that way today, Anna? I mean, broccoli is not my favorite vegetable. Wow. But it's just a taste thing, I guess. But I mean, I've definitely, because like I said, I am a, I would say I'm a picky eater and I've definitely looked at things and thought just by the looks or, some idea that I have in my head I tell myself I'm not gonna like it but then you know that's not always the case labor aside and not having to do with like this oil splatter and everything would you admit that if cooked properly you prefer maybe a pan fried or pan seared chicken to a boiled chicken Uh, I hate to say who are you asking Evan I think oh okay well I hate to say this but I feel like it does depend, you know, where it's like, what's it going on, you know? And I, I just, I don't even know, you know? Okay. But 
Who can say? We'll work on this boiled yeah, chicken. We'll look oh, you I will say that if you do get chicken at a restaurant, I doubt they're boiling it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not sure if I've changed my mind about char food after listening to what everyone's talked about. Like, I think I'm still on the one side, but hopefully you got something from this and hopefully you've learned something about char food and hopefully you're on my side now, but you do you. Anyway, tune in next week because we'll be talking about machine learning and both the, Anna and Dan have always pestered me with questions about this. So I think I'm excited to maybe finally air it out <laughs> and put out in the open what you know, it actually is. And hopefully you too can learn something. So tune in next week for that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and follow our podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to it on. Check out our social media linked in the description and tune in next week for even more advice. TTYL from IFL. Bye.